Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. My guest today is Ayana Angel, founder of Maisie Media and the host of the personal growth podcast, Switch, Pivot, or Quit. A traditionally published author and speaker, Ayana and her work have been featured in Apple, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Girlboss, and more. Quit Playing Small is her latest highly buzzed about book that's a must-have for morning routines. And you know how much I love a morning routine. As I shared last week, the morning routine, that sacred hour of quiet, has been an absolute game changer for my life. So in celebration of early mornings, quit playing small, and this episode, we are giving away two copies of Ayana's book. Drop into the show notes for the links to our Instagram, follow us both, and tag a friend who inspires you to play big. You can also enter by leaving a review of the podcast, sharing the joy with others. Welcome to the show, Ayana. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Me too. How are you today? I'm doing good. The sun is out, so I can't complain. <laughs> oh, good. I know. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Great. So, Ayana, tell me, what is your mission and who are you? Mm, I don't know that I've really uncovered my mission. I think that I like to look at it more so that I'm on a journey versus really understanding what my mission is. Because I think that as we all grow and evolve, we may think that we have one mission in life, but then something else may be revealed to you. So it's not like this total destination. It's just like this more so like this process of just kind of growing and exploring and understanding who you are and what you're supposed to be doing at different points in your life. And I think that comes from, for me, just kind of listening to my intuition, what's happening around me, what the natural cues are in life that are happening. And um, I think the other part you were saying, who am I? I <laughs> That is always a question that is so complex to me. Um, that's a, a similar answer in that I think I'm women and I think I'm one person. The next minute I'm like, oh, maybe I'm her. <laughs> so I think I am this interesting, multifaceted woman who is constantly trying to be the best version of herself. But um, in terms of career-wise, I am someone who is driven. I'm someone who takes chances, but but still deals with fear, just like everyone else. I'm a former sports entertainment publicist turned traditionally published author and self-published author as well. And um, I'm also a podcast host like yourself. And I run a podcast network that has content specifically catered to women. And that was all a journey to go through and to uncover. So hence my first part of my answer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I couldn't agree more. I were so aligned with that journey and uncovering who you are moment to moment and day by day. So mm -hmm. I love that. And you've switched careers. So you talked about transitioning from being at the NBA to being an author and a podcaster and walk us through that journey. Obviously there was fear. You said that, but 
what were the tugs? What really, how did you know it was time? And I know you um, spoke about in your podcast that you started your podcast as a way to help people who are going through that similar journey. Mm-hmm. So talk us through that process, because I think there's lots of people in the midst of that right now and would love to hear what you took away as your your story from it. Sure. So I would say my story started off with not really knowing what I wanted to do coming out of college and sort of falling into PR and recognizing that there was alignment with certain skill sets that I had. And that's why PR worked for me. Um, But was it something that I was madly in love with and knew that I was going to do forever? No. So at a certain point during my PR career, while I was working at the NBA, which was heavily entertainment PR and doing all these amazing things, but maybe about three years in, I started to realize that PR wasn't going to be everything for me. So I needed to really explore myself and figure out what could be next for me. Now, that's a scary thing. And sometimes you don't even know where to start and what to do when you're trying to do that. So in trying to just transition to something else, uh, you start applying for jobs that are maybe in marketing, maybe have some crossover, but are not the exact same thing. So I went through that process as well. Nothing was lining up though. And I was that person that would always pretty much land the interviews or the the job that I was interviewing for and things just were not lining up. And so I had to take a step back and say, hey, what's going on here? Is there something larger that I'm supposed to be gathering from this? Maybe this is not the exact direction that I should be going in. And I sort of had that aha moment before I knew of aha moments where I realized, you know, if something is not working out, it could potentially be because something else is brewing and in the works and I'm trying to force something that's not meant to be right now. You know, I might need to just take a step back and allow this to, to have more time to grow. So I stayed in that position three years past the time where I identified, huh, this is not going to be forever for me. But what I also did in the meantime was I had a side gig that I was doing. I was designing jewelry. And that sort of felt refreshing to me and it it re-energized my spirit because it gave me something to look forward to. It gave me things to work on with my hands. I am a creative person. And so being able to create this jewelry that was worn by Beyonce and Alicia Keys and in Italian Vogue and all these amazing things, it let me know that you're capable of more. So I just had to go on that journey to discover what that more was going to really look like. And It was a scary process because you don't have all the answers. You're looking for answers, but you don't know what the right or wrong answers are. And side note, a part of the reason that I named my media company Maisie Media is because I feel like in life we all encounter these lefts, rights, twists, turns. We don't know which way is the right or the wrong way. It's just a journey and we're all trying to get to these destinations, but it's this, this, this process and this maze that we're going through as we're trying to get there. So for me, I was doing all this self-discovery, trying to figure it out. And in the process, I was also just being aware of what this, where this gravitational pull was and it was writing. So I started doing things that I felt like would enhance me as a writer. I was taking writing classes and creative writing, dialogue writing, all these different things. So I was just working myself toward this process of being able to create this first manuscript. And that's what I did. It took about nine months of me doing it at night, on the weekends, sacrificing personal time, time with friends, all that kind of stuff, just to get it done because I was on a mission to get it done. 
So when I finally got to the end of the writing process is when I ultimately made the decision to walk away from my nine to five. And I will caution people, I did not have a plan. It was not the smartest idea. It was just something in me that felt pulled to do it. As you talked about, you know, when you were asking me this, what were the pulls? The pull was, I now needed to get out of one situation and create another. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but I knew that it was time for me to move. But you have to listen to what's happening around you and pay attention to the cues. It can't just be, I saw someone's post on Instagram. Sounds real good. They're making six figures a month. I think I'm pulled to do that too. No, 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 no. It has to be deeper than that. You have to do more of this self-work so that you'll know when it truly is right for you to make some of those big decisions. Yeah. I love you touched on kind of the courage to stay while you uncovered some of that process, but then knowing when to let go Mm -hmm. is so important. Mm -hmm. You have to at some point take the leap. And all the, I was doing a a Peloton ride the other day and it was on the last dance, the Michael Jordan. And he said something about, you can prepare all you want, but if you never execute, it doesn't matter. You have to do both. And I think that is really what you're talking about is, you know, being behind the scenes and being preparing. And then at some point you got to take the leap. Absolutely. You know, I was just speaking with someone about that earlier today. It's like so many people, especially in this time of shelter in place, they're they're working on things and they're bringing ideas to life and all of this. But it all ends up being for nothing if you don't do anything with it, anything at all. Sometimes you just have to take some type of action. And that's why I'm a person that's big on action and that word and bringing it up because so many of us have great ideas or dreams or things that we want to do, but there's very little to no action that we put behind it. And then we're expecting results or we're expecting our lives to change or to see something different, but we won't if we don't do anything at all. And is that where the podcast, you describe yourself as the sassy big sister type. (laughs) (laughs) And your podcast, which is Switch, Pivot or Quit, is really a guide to helping people navigate that time. Mm -hmm. And how has that process kind of evolved, especially in this uncertainty that we're finding ourselves in now? Sure. So when I first created the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast, I wanted to create something that I would have wanted to listen to when I was sitting at my desk on Fifth Avenue trying to figure it out trying to understand what should I even be thinking about doing next? What are some of the questions I should be entertaining? And I also would have loved to hear other people's stories of how they made transitions because people's journeys all look different, you know? And I may hear the story of one woman that sounds very similar to me and I can apply some of the things that she did or said or actions that she took into my specific circumstance, right? And so I wanted to uncover those stories So launching the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast was very much so about allowing a space to share conversation and to share stories from women who have made transitions in their lives uh, because that wasn't, at the time, that wasn't the thing that you heard talked about a lot. And a lot of people misunderstand and they think that it's, it's an entrepreneurial focused podcast, but it's really not. It's a journey focused podcast. It's your life. You, you only know what works for you. And being an entrepreneur doesn't work for everyone. Some people are just not built for entrepreneurship. You know, it takes a certain skill set. So I think that 
in creating the podcast, the through line for me was just to be able to tell those stories that someone was going to be able to connect with to help them through their journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. And as part of that journey, you have another book called Quit Playing Small. So congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> and what does it mean? How do we know if we're playing small? Ooh, so I, <laughs> I actually, during quarantine, I had been doing some um, workshops because usually I do the Quit Playing Small workshops for like companies and big groups and organizations. And I decided that I was going to do some of these workshops just via like Zoom just to get people, get their minds clicking in the right direction because so many of us were just like not knowing how to feel. We're consumed by stress and pressure and then everybody online telling you, you should be doing this. You should be taking advantage of this time. What if you don't even know what to do with taking it? You don't know what that is. What is taking advantage of this time, right? So I shared um, these workshops and one of the first things that we touch on is how to know if you're playing small. And just a few of the key things is, you know, if you find yourself getting caught up in or distracted by the day-to-day drama, whether it be your friends calling you with the latest tea, whether it be you watching something on like the news programs, whatever, however many of them there are locally or, you know, um, nationally, whether it be, you know, you getting caught up in just stuff that just does not need to concern you because you're allowing it to pull you away from the things that you know really require your attention. So that's one way to know if you're playing small. Another way is if you're afraid to make mistakes, if you're always constantly worried about making a mistake, then, you know, when people say, oh, I'm just such a perfectionist, I call BS. Because guess what? Nobody cares about your perfection. And there's really no such thing because your version of perfection and my version of perfection could be two different things. So you could bring something to me, deliver it and think that it was perfect. And I could tell you, you could have improved here or there. Right. So I, I, I feel like a lot of times we use those things as excuses and that falls right in line with making mistakes. If you are afraid of making mistakes, afraid of just trying something and seeing what the result is going to be, you're playing small. Um, there's a f- quite a few other ways to know, but it's some of those practical things. You know, if you're worried about people judging you or what they're going to say, you're always constantly consumed with the opinions of your family, your friends, your colleagues, and you're checking in with everybody else instead of checking in with yourself before you make decisions, you're playing small. So it's a lot of those practical things that we all find ourselves doing, but sometimes we don't just know how to identify it. And It's not that playing small is an isolated thing that only happens at one point in your life. We've all done some things, accomplished some things, achieved some things. And so sometimes you feel like, no, I'm not playing small. I've done all these things. But there are times in all of our lives where we can identify, ooh, if I weren't playing small, I would have done X, Y, Z. I would have made that move. I would have challenged this person. I would have done this. I would have done that. So there are times where we're all playing small. Well, I love your, the book seems to be really like a, a daily check-in. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think we can sometimes be playing big in the big picture, but it's these daily reminders. Yeah. Yeah. And were you inspired to write the book again as sort of what you wish someone had helped you work through? Mm-hmm. 
it was that it was a combination of sharing what I have learned and experienced through my journey so far, because I'm not done, but what I know so far. And it was also just paying attention to the community around me with the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast and listening to the things that they were saying, the things that they needed, the ways that they were engaging. And I realized that so many people get stuck at the start. And so sometimes you just need to create a routine for yourself, a morning routine or what have you, and something that's just going to be there to be top of your day to say, hey, you know, like you said, the big sister with, you know, that sometimes unwanted advice on your shoulder saying, hey, you said you wanted to do this. Have you been doing X, Y, and Z? Or how are you looking at this? How is your mindset set up to where you can succeed or you can achieve or you can win? You know, just kind of tapping in at the top of your day to get you pushed in the right direction. And it's, it's sometimes it's that harsh kind of gut punch you didn't really want to hear. And sometimes it's just a quick reminder of something you know you already knew. You know, so it's definitely a daily check-in system that I felt like would have served me well because I didn't have a morning routine and something that I know that people who are having a hard time during transition, it will serve them well. Yeah. I think the ma- the morning routine is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So give us a, a, a glimpse of what your morning routine looks like. Oh gosh. So my morning routine looks a little bit different now, but when I'm at my best, my morning routine looks like waking up not touching a phone or anything and having those moments of silence um, really to just kind of be alone with my own thoughts, whether that be time to pray, to meditate, um, to take in just kind of like what's going on around you um, and just kind of check in with yourself mentally, reading something that's going to be beneficial and that's going to pour into me. I also do like a smoothie, you know, glass of water, um, that good stuff. And then I try and listen to something as well that's going to be inspiring to me, uplifting. It could just be music. It could just be a good feel, good song. And uh, that's pretty much what my morning routine looks like. Amazing. Yeah. And so as you've evolved these workshops and they're on Zoom, what are you seeing? And what's the temperature of people as they're feeling into this idea of playing small? Especially now, I feel like there's, like you touched on this, ideas brewing, things starting, and how are you guiding people to move into playing bigger in these workshops? Mm -hmm. I think number one is I'm not putting pressure on people. We're not here to pressure you about anything to say what you should be doing. It's not, although everyone that knows me, they know that I have a very um, in your face, no nonsense kind of way about me because I love to see people win and succeed and do things. And so I'm not going to sugarcoat something if I think it's what you need to hear, you know, but um, there's no pressure in this workshop. We're not coming into this saying, when you leave out of this workshop, you're going to have X, Y, Z created. No, I just want your mind to be clicking so that maybe you can create X, Y, Z or execute on whatever it was that you had already been thinking about. So when people are, After, let's say, the experience of the workshop, people are extremely grateful, extremely excited. And one of the things that I really incorporated and I was mindful about incorporating is making it so that people feel comfortable to share with the group. So it's not a webinar. It's a workshop. It really is. We're on Zoom, but everybody, I encourage them to turn your camera on, even if you didn't anticipate turning your camera on, and let's chat. 
talk to us about what you were working through in the workshop. You know, um, take us through. How did you answer some of the questions? Is there any way that we in this group on this line can be supportive of you? And I think that people just really were grateful for the experience because it was refreshing. A lot of people said, I appreciated that you weren't trying to sell me some program or something at the end or tell me what I needed to be doing at the end. It just felt like a good, comfortable, safe place to be able to get some things off my chest and work through some things. So people are walking away feeling really good. And for me, that's all I really wanted. Do you feel like they're craving the community? Like we're all yes. obviously mm-hmm, absolutely <laughs> craving that. But there's something powerful about bringing women together to empower and uplift each other in the journey, mm-hmm. not just the finished product. Absolutely. You know, one of the sessions, it was really powerful to me and I was so touched by it because the first woman that went, she shared. And then the third woman that went, she went back to what the first woman was sharing and her, the third woman, she really wanted to inspire and encourage other people and be like a motivator and, and, and a positive force for people. She turned around and encouraged that first woman through what she was talking about and just was like, you got this, you can do this. And let me tell you why I know you can. And, and it, it just kind of made it all come together. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And people were in the chat saying the same thing. It was just, there were so many different instances just like that, where people were coming together who had never met each other before and just saying, I believe in you. This is why you can do this, you know, and giving examples and stuff. So I think we all are craving that community and craving positivity and encouragement and support in a way that is not financially linked. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important piece of it. Yeah. And facilitating that, you know, and having people support each other. Mm-hmm. So how do you imagine, will you continue the workshops when we're all back in person one day? Or <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. That's the idea is to be able to continue them um, in person, because I do think that there is something powerful about doing it in person as well. I enjoy the work that I do. I enjoy the results and seeing people kind of being taken through the steps. So I definitely envision that I will do the quit playing small workshops in person. And really, if I'm just being honest, push the quit playing small agenda, if you will, and the, the name and the idea a bit more because I released the book originally just over a year ago. So it was last March that I released the book. And sometimes I'm guilty just as everybody else of moving on to the next thing. And that's sort of what I did. It had its moment, but then I moved on to the next thing, a wave of things. And I want to go back to it because now I really see even more so the importance of the conversation and I just see where I need to do more work with this idea. So I'm going to hold myself accountable for doing more work with the quit playing small idea because people need it. Yeah. And would you encourage women to use it at, as a, a tool to adopt a morning routine and then mm-hmm. get a group together? And, you know, is there some link of accountability together to get us all? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, I think that sometimes we... We're kind of like hesitant to get into these 
bit larger groups that, you know, where people we don't know and stuff. So I would say you can start small. If it's you and a couple girlfriends or somebody that you've already been talking about accountability with, you guys can sort of like start together and you can skip around. This is not meant for you to, the book is not meant for you to necessarily go day by day, page by page. You can skip around and read something that speaks to you and then you can share it with your accountability partner or you guys can swap and say, well, this is what spoke to me this morning, you know, um, or this week, however you choose to sort of set it up. But I think there's definitely something powerful about having someone on the same journey with you at the same time or a similar journey, if you will, at the same time to where you guys can bounce off of each other and you can keep that energy high because where one person might fall off a little bit, another person, their energy might be high at a different time. And it just kind of like ebbs and flows like that and works well. So I would encourage people to absolutely adopt the quit playing small into their morning routine and as well as create a space for you to have conversation around some of the ideas and themes that may come up. And there's also a lot of white space on the pages too for you to be able to jot notes or kind of journal a little, a little bit and think about, hey, what is this making me feel? What are the action steps that I want to take? Who would I want to share this with? You know, those types of things can come of it as well. Amazing. I see, I see lots of small groups starting. And, you know, <laughs> I hope so. Playing- Playing big, I think that there's a real energy when I, maybe it's the people that I've been in conversation with, but I think of women stepping into and really shining as we move into this new phase, this new normal. I think we're, there's a space for us to come with our strongest voices and to collaborate and connect in bigger ways. Absolutely. 100% agree. So as someone who is a podcast host, an author, um, founder of a media company, doing workshops. What does your self-care look like these days? Your morning routine is a great start. How are you filling up your cup and holding space for yourself? Ooh, that's so good. One of the things that I'm doing is I'm connecting more with my friends in virtual spaces, but I was joking that I see my friends more now than I ever did, you know? Um, I'm definitely taking the time to have those group Zoom calls and everything, which feels so good. And sometimes we're on for hours and it's like, what have we been talking about? Everything. And we do it weekly, but we still never run out of stuff to talk about. And so I'm loving that. Um, also just doing things like last night, I gave myself a face mask, like a face peel mask. I loved that. I don't know. There's something about the satisfaction of peeling something. Um, so that, um, doing pedicure types of things reading, also sometimes just turning on music and dancing, like just dancing. That's it. You know, it's not necessarily dancing because I'm, I want to burn some calories or whatever. It's like, I like this song. This playlist is my feel good playlist. And I'm just going to turn it on and just like go with the vibe, you know? Um, there's that watching some of the programs that I really love, you know, I get excited about that. I love good storytelling. So watching a show that I like, um, I've also been playing solitaire, a lot too on my phone. <laughs> These are just things that calm me and make me feel. And like, I take a break and just do them and it feels good. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of other things that I do randomly as well. Take walks, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like self-care is a big topic right now, but it all depends on you because ultimately it just comes down to you being mindful of what you need So whatever that looks like, it's totally up to you. No judgment zone. (laughs) 
Well, it ties back a little to what you were saying about knowing that you're listening to that tug Mm -hmm. in that same space. When we're creating self-care, we're really not just the outward stuff, but the inward work. We're really listening and we know something feels off. Something isn't aligned. It's time to make a change or I'm called to do more writing or I want to explore this new passion. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're, it all kind of lines up together. Right. But you know, one thing that I, I think we should definitely mention as well is because someone could be listening to this and they're like, I, I never hear those things. I never get that tug. Where is this coming from? What are they talking about? And it may sound very woo woo woo, right? But if you're not hearing the voices, if you're not getting the tug, if you're not connecting with something, it could be because you're not allowing yourself the space to do it. Think about some people's routines, especially if you live in big urban markets, urban cities. You may have roommates. You may have, especially before now, you may have had a job that was demanding. So you get up in the morning. You don't give yourself any time for a morning routine. No time for silence. You're rushing. You get your coffee. You do all these things. You head out of the door. You're on public transportation where you're surrounded by people. You go into an office while you're surrounded by people and met with demands. Then you come home and you have roommates who may be there, you know, buzzing about who want to talk or different things like that. Or maybe you have a significant other or children or all these things. So if you think about it, how many times are you actually alone in your day? How much of your time is spent in complete solitude where you cannot be interrupted, right? If you don't have that much time with that type of aloneness or alone space, you're probably not going to hear much of anything because there is no opportunity for you to connect with yourself and really hear what you need. So that's what I would just offer and put out there if for the people who are feeling like I'm not hearing anything, I'm not feeling any tugs or any pulls anywhere. So that's just my two cents. Sure. I think too, for me, and I have little roommates, my, my children, <laughs> um, it's sometimes it's just a feeling of restlessness or dissatisfaction. It's not always a tug or a voice to something else, but it's if if too much of the stuff going on in your mind is feeling like you're pushing, mm-hmm. that's a that's a key to me that you need to make space mm-hmm. and you need to take space, whether it be from the demands of office or the demands of our kids or other people, friends, yeah. family. Yeah. We need to say, I make space for me. And I love that. Then Then we can start listening for those voices or those intuitive hits that say, what about this? What about that dream I had? Or what about those things I want to explore more of? So I love that, taking more space. Absolutely. And um, Rock Your Joy podcast is all about women cultivating joy in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the good and the bad, and all of it in between. Not that there's ever really bad, but... (laughs) How do you find, you, we talked about some of those self-care things, clearly brought up joy in you. Mm-hmm. How are you cultivating joy these days? And what are you looking forward to most as we enter the next chapter? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think I've been very mindful of joy specifically with that word in mind, but I'm going to be more now. Um, and, and I, I think if I were just doing things that, you know, I I wasn't mindful of joy, but, but that brought me joy. I think it's just engaging with people who I really like, 
um, and being open, you know, open to different things because we're in this space where nothing looks like it was before. So I think if we just approach things with an openness, it gives more room to not be disappointed or not to be sad or upset about things. So I think that's where I'm trying to allow for joy to be cultivated by just being open and um, just doing things that just feel good to me and not really putting pressure on myself to show up in certain spaces or in certain ways at certain times. That's where I've been finding a lot of joy. And I've also been finding joy surprisingly in the kitchen. I've been cooking. <laughs> and it's not that I didn't cook before, um, but you have no choice now. I feel a little bit leery about ordering out sometimes. <laughs> so there's a lot more cooking happening and there's a lot more um, experimental cooking happening. And I get excited when I create something that tastes good and I didn't know where I was going with it, <laughs> you know, and it's a good result. So I think it's just those little things I'm finding joy in too. I love it. I can't wait to see some of your creative cooking. Oh gosh, you know, if people follow me on Instagram, they'll probably get sick of me because I come up with crazy accents and everything all the time. And at first I started in the quarantine saying, I'm not going to show, I, I will not be showing you guys what I'm cooking or what I'm eating every day. Okay. And then at some point I was like, gosh, I'm showing them what I'm eating a lot. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, but um. yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. So speaking of Instagram, where can people find you in all the places, yeah. both for the book and the podcast and your media? Tell us where to follow you and find you. Sure. So for everything, um, you can follow me or find me at ayanaangel.com. And that's A-H-Y-I-A-N-A-A-N-G-E-L.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at ayana.angel. And Maisie Media is the media company, and that's M-A-Y-Z-I-E media.com. And that's where you can find all the different podcasts that we produce. And then there's a Maisie Media Instagram as well. Same handle. Simple enough. <laughs> Amazing. And it'll all be in the show notes, of awesome. course. This is such a great conversation. It was wonderful Thank to you. hear all you're doing and inspiring other women to both connect and find ways to dream bigger and, and play bigger. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. Thank you. And keep up the cooking. I'm going to follow your, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what you're making. Ah, pressure. <laughs> no, just joy. Just joy. Yes, yes, yes. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. If you love this podcast and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore healthy living. Till next time. Rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.